Hey there, Paige Browning here from the KUOW Newsroom in balmy Seattle with a roundup of today's top stories. It's Monday, January 29th. That was a monster commute this morning for people riding the light rail in Seattle. Full disclosure, I was right there with you with a commute twice as long as normal. And now we know an electrical failure shut down ventilation fans in the Westlake Station Tunnel around 6.30 a.m. so they couldn't safely run trains through. Riders were moved onto shuttle buses between the University Street and Capitol Hill stations, and some were shuffled around multiple trains, too. Sound Transit spokesperson John Gallagher is apologizing for the unforeseen delays. That we were having disruption on top of the already planned disruption. And we know that made for a really, really difficult travel stretch. Gallagher is referring to the fact that riders have already been dealing with limited service, which ends this weekend. Scott Brabick was one of the commuters I met who had 45 minutes added to his journey. He started the morning at Angle Lake. I knew that they were shutting down one lane of the tunnel. I didn't realize it was completely closed. That was news to me. And three trains, one bus, and two hours later, Brabick made it to his destination in the U District. The fans are now repaired, and Westlake Station is open. Here's to a smoother commute tonight. Another oddity today. Is it fake spring? We hit about 60 degrees in Seattle for the second day in a row. Take it from meteorologist Matthew Cullen with the National Weather Service. Our normal temperature for this time of year is right around 49 degrees at SeaTac, so we're definitely well above normal. Both SeaTac and Olympia broke heat records yesterday with temps in the low 60s, and mountains got soaked with rain thanks in part to the atmospheric river that just swept through. We are solidly in midwinter, with more than six weeks left to go, but we won't get back to normal winter temps until Friday. To the immigration beat today, a group of Venezuelan immigrants at a hotel in Kent who have federal immigration protections are being told to move out by tomorrow. Gustavo Sogrero explains. Immigrants started arriving at the hotel in the winter. They were relocated here from the Riverton Park United Methodist Church in Tequila, where at some point more than 500 people were taking refuge. Estimates by migrant organizers at the Kent Quality Inn put their numbers at around 200 people. That's a mix of single people, families, and single parents. The credit card on file that was given to pay for the housing has been repeatedly declined. The costs are estimated to be a little less than $3,600 a night. The hotel owners say that's forcing them to ask the asylum seekers to leave. Some have already tried to leave the hotel for the camp at the Tequila Church, only to be turned away. Church organizers say they've been receiving 15 to 20 people a day recently, a significant increase from the months before. Organizers within the Venezuelan migrant community have begun opening up a Venmo account to receive donations, and if their housing situation isn't figured out, plan to march. Gustavo Sagredo, KUOW News. Seattle police officer Daniel Otterer is still with the department, but top SPD brass say he should be let go. Otterer was recorded on body camera video that caught widespread attention last year, where he joked about John V. Kandula's death the night she was run over by a police cruiser. The Seattle Times is reporting that SPD leadership want the chief to fire him or suspend him for 30 days without pay. Otterer claimed he was mocking the legal system, not Kandula. 
His disciplinary hearing is March 4th. A big garbage update came out today. Batteries are no longer allowed. I repeat, you cannot put batteries in the garbage in Seattle anymore. Seattle Public Utilities announced today that batteries of any kind, including small cell, alkaline, and lithium ion, are banned because they can catch fire. And they have been often, apparently, especially the lithium ion kind. Computers, TVs, and other electronics are also banned from the garbage. So SPU customers have two options now. Drop off electronic waste at a transfer station, a.k.a. the city dump, or request a special item pickup through SPU for a fee. On our arts beat, a new federal rule means Northwest museums can no longer display some native artifacts without permission. Anne Dornfeld has more. The nationwide rule took effect this month. It bars museums from displaying sacred objects without consent from their tribes of origin, the sort of things looted from native grave sites. Some museums, like the American Museum of Natural History in New York, closed entire halls in response. At the University of Washington's Burke Museum, Justice McNeely's job is to return items tribes want back. McNeely says the Burke has long worked with tribes to ensure that its displays are appropriate and its exhibits will remain open for now. Although we, of course, are going to continue consultation with tribes to ensure that we are still up to date with everything that we have on display and making sure that we are uh, taking proper care. Burke officials say the new rules may speed up the process of repatriating tribal objects. Anne Dornfeld, KUOW News. Let's talk toll lanes for a moment, because Eastside drivers can expect to pay up to 15 bucks a trip soon in the express lanes on I-405 and Highway 167. It's official now. The State Transportation Commission voted yes today. And Commission Chair Debbie Young knows the move won't be popular. It's unfortunate that costs are going up and that this will be an additional cost for people, but it does seem like it's the right thing to do at this point. The previous maximum toll was 10 bucks on I-405. The higher rate's intended to raise money for expensive road projects. The rate hike starts March 1st. The former First Lady of Washington State, Nancy Bell Evans, has died. The wife of three-term Republican Governor Dan Evans died at age 90 on Friday after a long battle with breast cancer. The Spokane native leaves a lengthy legacy as the state's youngest first lady at 31, a founder of the Friends of Cancer Lifeline, a founding trustee of Planned Parenthood of Olympia, and the founder of the Governor's Mansion Foundation. Evans is survived by three sons and her 98-year-old husband. The baby orca, known as J60, is missing and presumed dead, according to the Center for Whale Research. This newest member of the Northwest's endangered orca population was one month old. The Northwest's salmon-eating killer whales often die before their first birthday due to toxic pollution and a lack of Chinook salmon to eat. The presumed death puts the population of southern resident killer whales at 74. And finally today... Some little free libraries in Seattle just got stocked with banned books. The Seattle Women's Chorus has been collecting popular books that have been pulled off shelves elsewhere in the country, leading up to a concert on the same theme. 
And CORE's volunteers have placed them around town and started a new little free library on First Hill. They're accepting donations of new and used books at all third-place books locations until Saturday. Titles include Alice in Wonderland, Heather Has Two Mommies, and Gender Queer, A Memoir. Saturday is their concert, Band and Beloved, with songs adapted from books at Town Hall Seattle. And a shout-out today to the Chihuahua, because apparently it's the top dog in Washington state. When it comes to purebreds, U.S. News & World Report says that's now the most popular in our state. Honestly, didn't see that coming. And that's a wrap from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. See ya!